Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Treeblosser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Every week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. And today our special guest is Hallam Lamarzi, the Director of Literacy Volunteers of Putnam County and the coordinator, this is a long title, of the Job Education Information Center in, say the name of the town, Mahopak, New York. Is that near anywhere near Mayo Pack? (laughs) (laughs) It's one in the same. (laughs) We've had a lot of discussions about the pronunciation of Mahoa Pack. We we just learned. We learned, Jonah, right? That's right. It's named after the Mahopak Indians? Indians? Correct. The Mahopak Indians. So how did it become Mayo Pack? Well, I think uh, when the uh, area started to develop, the real estate uh, population decided that it wasn't um, quite uh, the kind of uh, name that would sell property. So they they started pronouncing it as Mahopak, and it kind of stuck. But the natives still are adamant that it's Mahopak. Well, you know, they say you learn something new every day, and you learn something new every week on right here on Radio Rotary. <laughs> It's not pronounced Mayo Pack. It's pronounced Helen? Mahopak. Okay. Now, Helen Lamarzi, Rotarian, uh, you're going to be talking about literacy. And it's amazing to me in the 21st century that we still have problems with literacy in America. I mean, there's been universal education in this country for centuries, literally centuries. Uh, certainly since the great immigrations of the late 1800s when my grandparents came here, one of the first things that happened is that my aunts and uncles and my dad, 11 kids, all went to public school and all became universally literate in the English language. Why do we still have literacy concerns? We still have literacy concerns because um, everyone learns a different way. And I think that um, in schools, we still teach, a lot of schools still teach one way. They don't understand that people learn uh, there are visual learners, there are auditory learners, there are tactile learners. And when you uh, present information for children to learn, you need to present it in a way that everyone can learn. You have a classroom, and so you need to present information in many different ways. And I think that's where we have a problem. Sometimes it's presented, it's teachers teach for the test rather than teaching for a so lifelong people, learning. People actually absorb it and, in and different ways. In different ways. People decode in different ways, I suppose. Are you an educator, Helen? I mean, how, how did your heart find its way to this special cause? Um, well, I've, I've worked in libraries for most of my life, so I would say that um, um, learning to read is a very important uh, aspect of that. The, those are our consumers. And I'm not an educator, but I have taken many courses on how to teach English. And um, our particular organization trains volunteer tutors to um, to teach people to read. And we, we work primarily with uh, adults. Uh, but I also feel that it's it's really important for us to um, to teach young children um, properly, and that we need to get them excited about the reading experience. We live in a in a generation that um, that gr- that has grown up with computers. I was going to ask, how do you feel the technology age has affected just uh, enjoying a great book? I think it's affected it. Uh, a great deal. Um, I think more of our children spend a lot of time on computers, and they should be reading books. And um, 
I think the Kindle actually has been a great addition because they can, at least there's some assimilation between a, a book and, and the reading material. It, it sort of looks like a book. It, it's technologically, um, you know, not a book, but uh, it, it's, it, it is material. And, you and probably should explain material. to our listeners what, what is a Kindle because I actually okay. have never seen one. Oh, a Kindle, a Kindle is about the size of a, of a hardcover book. And uh, it is, uh, you can download books onto this device and you can read it. So, you know, they're very inexpensive. Um, so it's it, sort of like an iPod for books. Uh-huh, exactly, yep. And, Got a little screen on it. Yeah, and, and actually, I don't know how many children enjoy it, but I know a lot of people, middle-aged people and older, really enjoy uh, I it. I think you I'd know? like to pick up a paperback and well, turn the pages yeah. personally. because we are. When you mentioned tactile learning, I, uh-huh. I mean, recently in Eastern Dutchess County, we lost a chain of newspapers, Right. our weekly newspapers. Mm-hmm. And it is a huge discussion in my community, Jonah, I'm sure in yours. People don't necessarily want to go online to read the paper, not right. our generation right. anyway. They like to. I like to touch it and smell it. You know, I mean, newspaper has a has a whole experience to it. Absolutely, and and people of our generation are still book lovers. There's no question about it. We've never had a a greater circulation of books among our generation. Um, particularly now with the economy the way it is, people aren't buying books, so they come to libraries and they. And they take books out. Um, so as a librarian, you've seen a, a bigger demand on your services, Helen Oh, Marzen? absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our, our circulation has gone up like 30, 40 percent. Uh, well, it's that's incredible. Great. That's, that's that's a positive then. Mm-hmm. Well, but the po- po- our children, but yeah. our children are still glued to the computer, and and that's why we do you know we do a lot of programs, particularly in the summer where kids have a lot of more time to try to encourage um, the joy of reading. We have a, a summer program that's called Book Buddies at our library that our literacy program collaborates with, and it's older children working with younger children. Um, uh, showing having working with them to read books and um, to help them. Appreciate the joy of reading. You know, Betty uh, Betty Renner, who's our producer, and she's a retired English teacher. Right. We were just talking about a friend of mine who's an author. Anyway, my daughter used she's in co- about to graduate now college, but she used to be sent home with a reading list in oh, school. Yeah, the yeah. summer the reading summer. list. They still that, do. They still do. Well, I, re- I remember back when I was growing up in the 1950s. Saturday morning was everyone walked to the library. You brought back <laughs> the six or seven books you had read during the week. You know, kid, children's books, and got out four or five or six more. Um, and both my kids, who are great kids and did very well in school, never got into that habit, despite the best efforts of me and my wife, who you know grew up together in this neighborhood with this kind of philosophy. Because, as you say, Helen Lamarzi, they it was the computer. And my and son, TV. who's in it, yeah, it's TV. It's well, we had TV. Well, yeah, I mean, we do. But it, it I went, do remember Marconi inventing radio. But we also had TV. I, I, well, I, get, <laughs> I think this is where my love of radio starts. My dad's a college professor, and we didn't have a TV for a long time, and we right. were like the only kids in the neighborhood that they they all felt. And we finally got a little tiny black and white one. So we were read, read, read. You know. Let me remind our listeners, they're in tune with Radio Rotary on radio, not TV, ladies and gentlemen, Hudson Valley Talk Radio. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is Sarah O'Connell, our guest, our very special guest, Rotarian Helen Lamarzi, literacy advocate. And Helen, tell us now, we were talking about people having different methodologies of learning. Um, now, are you talking about people who have uh, language difficulties because they are not native English speakers? Are you talking about people like, uh, I have a brother who was dyslexic who had trouble reading? What, 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 give us, fill it in for us a little bit. 
everyone learns differently. And I, you're probably not even aware of it. But, you know, if you tend to remember things or you tend to um, um, write things down all the time, then you're probably more of a visual, tactile learner. If you're the kind of person who can sit in a lecture and not take any notes and remember things, then you're an auditory learner. So everyone, everyone learns in a different way. Now, the population that we deal with in our program particularly um, are people who have pretty much slip through the cracks of the education system. And as, as I said, we deal primarily with adults. Um, these are people who perhaps had some learning difficulties or because of their economic situation, they didn't grow up, you know, in the New York area. They grew up, you know, in the South or in the Midwest or something. And, and they're older now. They're in, in their 50s or so. And they perhaps maybe uh, had to leave school and go back, go to work as a, as a young person. They didn't actually have an opportunity to be taught. So this is what In the we way do. that they could learn. Right. Is, is the point. But, um, I or learn the, at all. I mean, they had, all. Or, or, right. you know, they weren't they in school. They didn't have the opportunity. I right. think the public school system now are doing a, a phenomenal I mean certainly leaps and bounds from our generations mm-hmm. to identifying these the no, the, the, right. the understanding of how you break that barrier down and I'm dyslexic too by the way and I was very lucky because that was caught very early I can remember being really the moment that I could really read and, mm-hmm. and it was a lot older than than and people, and you can't you can't duplicate that moment and and that's what keeps our tutors so um, motivated to continue to help when you see that ability for a person to decode and be able to read it's a real high yeah. it's right. an absolute high Helen Lamarzi let's say there's somebody listening right now to Radio Rotary who says you know what I need help with my reading. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't read at the level I should. And, and what, what grade level are we talking about? I, m- I remember when my kids came home with the part, report card in fourth grade. They say, oh, he reads at an eighth grade level. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? And what level are these, pe- these adults coming to you? Well, actually, functional literacy is probably around a fourth grade level, to be perfectly honest with you. There are a lot of, I mean, the, the daily news is written at a fourth grade level. That's, that's usually what it is. But Usually it's below that. Um, you know, it's usually below that. And it depends on, you know, I, I I think you can get along with a fourth grade level. But in today's job market, um, that's what's bringing more people to us, actually. The, the, the job market is demanding so much more of people. Uh, we have we have people with with college degrees who are out of work. So those people who don't have good literacy skills are really at a disadvantage. So if, in answer to your question, if, if there are people listening who don't have good literacy skills or who are absolutely frustrated because they can't do the job that they need to do because they don't have good literacy skills, and, and when I say good literacy skills, I mean also computer literacy skills. I mean, literacy can be couched in a lot of different um in a lot of different ways. Uh, there's well, we wanted to talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. because when you're talking about being uh, in the in the job, in the workforce, mm-hmm. you do have to have computer skills. I mean, we were kind of playing that down a little bit that mm-hmm. people are – I don't want them to get the wrong impression. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about becoming employable and mm-hmm. obtaining the literary, skill, literary skills to be that as mm-hmm. such. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if, as I said, to continue that, that uh, train of thought, if they are – if they do need assistance, they're – 
there are literacy affiliates throughout the Hudson Valley, throughout the, the country, actually. Is there a website or some place where you can go for general information, Helen? Uh, yes, there's a, there's a website, uh, www.proliteracy.org, and that's a, um, a site that uh, has a listing of all the literacy organizations that are um, um, that provide services like we do. And we do provide services to people, um, not only Americans who have difficulty with reading, but also people who, uh, for whom English is their second language and come to our country that and who need to uh, learn English. And uh, so we do, we but do there, those. But there is support out there. Just give that website there, quickly once again. At, uh, www.proliteracy.org. And everybody at home should get a pencil and paper because Helen will repeat that website again uh, in the second half of the program. Um, so, Helen Lamarzi, uh, Rotary uh, member and literacy volunteer, tell us about the average person who walks in the door and says, oh, we need help. What's the first thing you do? Well, the first thing we do is, is try to make them feel comfortable, um, make them understand that they're not alone, uh, that this this situation is is quite common uh, and we're, that we're there to help. I, I, most importantly, this is probably one of the most difficult things that they've had to do in their life, particularly if they are American, because we live in a literate society by and large. There are words all around us. And to not be able to decode them or not to be able to know where you're going when you're driving your car because you can't read a road sign, I mean, that's a difficult situation. So um, I think most importantly, we need, to, we need to make them comfortable, and then we do um, a very brief assessment, uh, again, in, in a very non-threatening way, and then we move on to, to, um, to try to place them with a tutor who can help them. You're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. My name is Jonah Trebowasser. My, my co-host is Sarah O'Connell. Our very special guest, Helen Lamarzi, Rotarian and Literacy Volunteer. And we'll be back with more of this fascinating conversation after these important messages. The 1,200,000 women and men of Rotary have accomplished extraordinary things. They've taught millions of people to read, worked toward world peace, and have nearly eradicated a crippling childhood disease from the face of the planet. But each of those 1,200,000 women and men know they could accomplish so much more. If only they were 1,200,000 and one. Find out what an impact one person can make. Learn about Rotary at rotary.org. In 1985, while polio was paralyzing 1,000 children a day, Rotary International committed to a goal, a goal of ending polio worldwide. Very soon now, after contributing nearly $600 million and immunizing over 2 billion children, the goal will be achieved. Eradicating polio worldwide. That is humanity in motion. That is Rotary. Hi, and welcome back to Radio Rotary. I'm Sarah O'Connell, the co-host joined by my other co-host, the fascinating, intelligent barrister. I paid her a lot of money to say that. Jonah Trebowasser. And with a name like that, you're obligated to use it. Uh, well, all right. Okay. All okay. right. I'm proud of you, Jonah. Thank you. <laughs> and, and our we, guest. And our guest, because <laughs> it's not all about us, is it? Our guest is um, Helen Lamarzi, the Director of Literacy Volunteers of Putnam County. You are a librarian. You're, um, you're a Rotarian. And a Rotarian. And you are also very involved with the project of bringing people in who need more support, who would like to learn to sharpen their skills or begin their skills of becoming a more literate individual and 
Jonah uh, had some questions about that specifically. Right, Helen, you were telling us before the break that the first thing you do is when someone comes in and says, I need help, you sit down, you make them comfortable, and you tell them that you know there's no shame in this. It's great that you've taken the first step. Then what happens? We do a um, we do an assessment of the skills that they currently have, and then we go about uh, finding a tutor who is available at the time and in the place that they would like to um, to work with the student, uh, work with the tutor. So. Um, the value of this program is is that it is student-centered and that uh, a person who is currently working can do it at a time that's, that's appropriate for their lifestyle. We have tutors who work throughout the day, and um, so if a student works nights, they can, they can assess, access the, um, uh, the tutoring during the... the um, so you're really breaking down these barriers of places and time. So you mm-hmm. don't, if you work nine to five or you work an evening shift, that it can be tailored around your schedule and lifestyle, like you said, and location. You mentioned that. I was fascinated by that because we're not going to assume that it all takes place at the library. Well, we do do it only in public places for, okay. obvious, well, reasons. for obvious reasons. And we do have in our county, particularly, we have eight libraries in our county. So there are plenty of locations that we can do it at. But we have done it in other places like community centers or whatever. But they are public places, as I said, for obvious reasons. Um, but one of the other valuable pieces of, of how we teach um, is that it's student-centered so that if a person comes in and says that one of the real big problems that they have is that they they can't understand the materials that are presented to them at work. They can bring those materials in, and we use those materials as teaching tools. So, you know, we can this teach... This is really experiential learning, too. You're Absolutely. really learning while you're living your life. Yes. Is it is it one-on-one, or could it be a group of people? It's or? primarily one-on-one, but we have, because of there's so many people now who need the services, we've had to do small groups, but we only do small groups and um, so that we can give focus, individual, focus and individual attention um, but it is, it, it's wonderful because as an adult learning to read, you have all of the, you deal with all of the other things that, that people, that regular adults who have good, good literacy skills deal with besides that stigma of not being able to read. So it's, it's very difficult. Um, we need to show them, uh, we need to show them progress quickly. And if we do student-centered learning, we can we can show them results right away, and that encourages them to because this is very hard. It encourages them to study more and to do better. A lot so of immediate gratification. Absolutely. Now, yeah. Helen, what kind of books are we using? Are we going back to the old Dick and Jane books? That I remember. No, we're we're using practical materials. We Such start as? off. We we use we use. The, uh, ads that come in the newspaper. Oh. We use uh, the uh, Department of uh, Motor Vehicles uh, uh, right. booklet when you when you get a driver's license to teach them road signs because we think it's very important <laughs> well, that everyone know how to read the road signs for all of our... the forms <laughs> at motor vehicles can be a challenge filling, for people with PhDs. Filling yeah. out forms is a very important thing. And then, of course, we do have traditional, you know, reading books, but they're not the Dick and Jane books. They're what we call high-level, um, I mean, low-level, uh, high-interest reading books, which would deal with subjects that an adult can relate to, um, but at a lower reading level. So it makes it, a, you know, it, it 
it, it takes away that shame of reading children's books. But there's no shame, actually. We, it, people who have children, we do right. use children's right. books to encourage them to read to their children. You know, when my, my kids were young, Sesame Street was first coming out. And both my kids, uh, because they inherited their brains from their mothers, not me, um, got, got into kindergarten reading because they would watch, you know, the commercials, the A commercial, the B commercial, mm-hmm. and then Grover and all that on Sesame mm-hmm. Street. Uh, has that helped literacy overall? That kind oh, of thing? absolutely. No question. And and that's a perfect example because when you think about it, how does lit, how does Sesame Street teach? Sesame Street teaches with visual and tactile. A lot of razzle-dazzle. That's right. A lot of razzle-dazzle and repetition. Repetition yes. is very important because most people can't learn from one ex, from exposure once. You need to repeat it it's, and repeat it's, it. Yeah, it's not a flashcard and then exactly. it's gone. But, you know, it's a br- obviously we all know it's a brilliant and has been running for years and years. But, Jonah, it's also written for adults. It's, right. The mm-hmm. whole show is uh, is uh, uh, crafted around holding the attention of both adults and and children. If, if you do ages, look at that yeah. program, you'll you'll be able to. I mean, there are. There Did you are, ever watch it with the kids? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you you know that now, Helen Lamarzi. Um, if somebody's out there and wants to be a literacy volunteer to mm-hmm. join your crew or feels they need help, tell them again that website how they can get some help. Uh, the website is www.proliteracy.org. And uh, or you could call our office directly at eight four five six two eight eight one three nine, and um, we'd be more than glad to refer you to a local affiliate uh, near your home. Oh, do Thank do us the phone number again, please. It's eight four five six two eight eight one three nine. And, you know, Helen, in the minute we have left, uh, we, we said you were Rotarian. How'd you get involved in Rotary? You're, the club again is Lake Mohapak? Lake Mahopak. Mahopak. And how did you get involved in Rotary? Um, a friend of mine um, thought that I might enjoy it. They knew that I've spent most of my life um, doing community service of one kind or another and thought that I might be uh, a good candidate. How long have you been a Rotarian, Helen? Uh, this is my eighth year. Terrific. And, and where, where and when does your club meet? Invite some people over. <laughs> 38,000 people listen. <laughs> Our club uh, meets on Wednesdays at uh, 1215 at Four Brothers Restaurant in Mahopak, right on the lake. So it's a beautiful view. Come and see us. So if you're interested in Rotary, join Helen. And if uh, you're not in Lake Mahopak and are in a different area, just go to rotary.org, R-O-T-A-R-Y.org. Click on the Club Locator button, type in your hometown, and you'll find where the Rotary is near you. Uh, Helen Lamarcy, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. It was a delight to have you here today. It's my pleasure. And Sarah, tell us who brought us Radio Rotary this week. I'm delighted to do so, Jonah. Of course, it's our Rotary District 7210 and the participating clubs of Arlington, Blooming Grove, Washingtonville, Congers Valley Cottage, Fishkill, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, Pleasant Valley, Red Hook, and Southern Ulster. For Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasser inviting you to join us again next Friday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio.